once I started talking about this concept and the power and what it can do to drive revenue growth at the company, literally, we're all on Zoom, so, but the executives all lurched forward and they were like, yes, this is what we need, this is what we've been missing. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, hello. What's going on, everyone? This is Claudia Tirico, and I am back with another episode of the B2B MX Podcast. Yes, uh, my arm is still broken. It is now bionic with a nice titanium plate and a bunch of screws. Uh, I'm still on a cast, but all is good because we've got episode four of season five ready to roll. Uh, today is another session replay from the B2B Sales and Marketing Exchange, and it's coming to you from the lovely Christine Nurnberger of Bottomline Technologies. And the topic is a piping hot one, guys. It's all about revenue operations. So, you know, I know, you, I know you've heard of it before, uh, but we're really going to dive deep, deep, deep into the waters of revenue operations with Christine. And she is honestly the best person to go down this road with because, I mean, not for nothing, she is one, an award-winning revenue marketer. She really knows her stuff. I mean, she's been leading bottom line technologies for quite some time, and they've been doing some incredible, incredible things. They've won a ton of awards recently. Uh, they got a Killer Content Award. Um, Julie from their team won a B2B Innovator Award from Demand Gen Report at SMX. So really, really great things. Um, you will learn a lot from the bottom line team. So, you know, it, it, this is really all about, you know, taking the next step, right? Because, you know, what do you do after you've flipped over your funnel, you've done all the ABM that you can, and you really revved up your revenue marketing engine, right? So now it's just time to to leverage the insights and analytics, the tools, the tech, the people, the processes, all of it to, to really optimize the complete life cycle of a customer with revenue operations. So Christine is going to, like I said, going to get down into the nitty gritty. So with that, let's roll the tape in three, two, one. Well, I realize I'm standing between you guys and drinks, so I'll try to keep this to the allotted time. Um, first of all, thank you for coming to the session. I am so excited to be here today to talk about revenue operations and how it truly is the next frontier of B2B marketing. Um, I'll get to that in a minute, but first, real quick, um, who in the audience have, has heard of bottom line technologies? Well, it doesn't count if you guys work here, so you guys, <laughs> all right. Um, how many of you bank digitally? Log on, pay your bills, pretty much everybody, right? Um, anybody in the audience bank with Citizens or Bank of America? A few people. All right, so real simply, I wanted to start with a little bit of um, background on who bottom line is. Um, bottom line technologies, while you probably haven't heard of us, we make businesses, business payments and digital banking simple, smart, and secure. Uh, so while you probably haven't heard of us, we're not a consumer 
brand, we sell to banks and corporates and we help manage their treasury, manage their cash flow, optimize cash flow. And we're also the technology that sits between the pretty user interface that most people log on to from a banking perspective and how all that money gets managed and moved around in the back office. Um, we've been around for 30 years. We're publicly traded. We've got 2,600 employees and 10,000 customers around the globe. Um, and we're a pretty complex business. I'll talk more about that complexity in a minute, but it's important when you think about revenue operations that the more complex the business is, almost the more revenue operations is a critical function in the organization in order to help really optimize the entire life cycle of revenue across marketing, product, and sales. So that's a quick snapshot on, on bottom line and who we are. Um, when I joined bottom line seven years ago, September will be my uh, seven year anniversary, um, there was a, a bunch of marketing folks mid-level marketers doing a bunch of tactical marketing stuff. Um, a lot of uh, sort of uh, execution, sitting in the line of business. The line of business and the sales leaders would direct marketing. Marketers, uh, even if they didn't agree with what they were being directed to do, would do it anyway, because they sat in the line of business. And then ultimately, when it failed, they'd get beaten up for it. It was kind of the vicious cycle of hell that we all know if we've been in marketing for a while. Um, and there was no real tie to business objectives. There was no measurement, there was no programmatic processes, there was no alignment to the top level business objectives. So when I joined Bottom Line, the first thing we wanted to do was put in a team structure to help build out a marketing revenue engine. Um, there are three components to that that we put in place. The first was the um, solution marketing group. This group is really responsible for translating all of the value in our products and our lines of business to how we communicate to our customers in the market. Um, traditional solutions marketing role, if you're familiar with the pragmatic marketing framework, pretty straightforward. The second group was all organized all around our execution channels. These were our demand gen experts, our programs experts, people running the webinars, executing the email campaigns, uh, all of the digital and inbound work that we do to drive inbound demand. And the third group was really our processes, tech, tools, and shared services, including marketing operations, data, and analytics. So we put this marketing structure in place, but we still didn't have any way of aligning all of these resources with the other important legs of the stool, product and sales. So we launched a, here you go, common planning methodology across the business, across all of our seven lines of business at the time. It really starts with business planning. Um, it sounds really basic, but it's amazing how few marketers take the time to really understand the business objectives at a very deep level. What are we selling to whom and why and how? Are we competitive in that market? What, uh, who are our buyers? Why do they care? What's keeping them up at night? Where do they live? Where are they consuming their information? So really understanding the business at a fundamental level is key to getting any of this off the ground. The second piece of that is in sales planning. Once you understand what the revenue objectives are, then how are we organizing our sales and our go-to-market efforts accordingly? The third piece of that was marketing allocation. This piece was really key because like all of you, I'm sure we have set budgets, set resources. We can't apply the same level of resource to every single program across the business. So in a large, complex organization, I found the simplest way to allocate resources is to be really clear with what the business priorities are and then map the resources accordingly. It takes all of the arm wrestling off the table, takes the subjectivity off the table. Then you get into your standard marketing planning process. 
all of your marketing objectives, the KPIs that we eat, sleep, and breathe every day. That's pretty straightforward. Campaign launch process. And then, of course, the closed loop reporting and ongoing optimization. So this is what we put in place about seven years ago, and it served the business really well. We've seen a dramatic increase in our ability to directly influence uh, pipeline, directly influence bookings. Um, marketing at bottom line is seen as a strategic function. We have a seat at the revenue table. And so all of this was a really positive story leading up to last quarter. So, it was the eve of our last QBR, and I was uh, on the phone with um, Julie Brewer, our SVP of demand, demand generation. I was saying, this doesn't make any sense. The numbers are too good. So just quick snapshot, year over year, and this is uh, quarter year over year. If I look at the whole fiscal year, the results are even better. But what happens when every single marketing KPI is up and to the right? What do you do? Are uh, accepted sales opportunities up and to the right? the dollar values up and to the right, our web responses, our downloads, our earned media coverage, our LinkedIn shares, literally every single freaking campaign KPI, marketing KPI, business KPI, pipeline KPI, up and to the right. And we're still not seeing the growth that we wanna see in the business. It was extremely frustrating. Um, so we're sitting there talking and I'm saying, okay, so we've got all of our top line KPIs are performing off the charts. In addition, we've made some significant investments in digital marketing, marketing transformation from a digital perspective, marketing operations, insights, analytic. We've launched um, DMB, uh, Power BI, Snowflake. So we've got this momentum of all of the things that we're doing from a marketing perspective being so optimized and so fine-tuned. We're really getting our act together around data insights and analytics, and we're still not seeing the growth. So what is the deal? Um, and what it came down to was really this gap. It was a gap around alignment. It was a gap around what happens after sales has accepted an opportunity for us and converted it and added pipeline dollars. Specifically, what happens? How are they engaging that opportunity? What tools are they using? How are they talking to that prospect? What materials are they using to follow up? When they get deeper in the sales cycle, do they really understand why we're winning and losing and how to apply that knowledge to the sales funnel, to apply that knowledge at a deal level? So at the last QBR, so this would have been, I don't know, four or five months ago now, um, we decided to make a literally a midnight decision the night before, morning before my 10 a.m. presentation to introduce the concept of revenue operations at bottom line. And at first, I got a few puzzling looks, what is revenue operations? Um, but once I started talking about this concept and the power and what it can do to drive revenue growth at the company, literally, and we're all on Zoom, so, but the executives all lurched forward and they were like, yes, this is what we need, this is what we've been missing. So just out of curiosity, how many of you work in an organization that has a revenue operations function? You guys are in good company. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about the evolution of marketing at bottom line and then kind of how that leads into what we're considering revenue operations and, and where we're going to take it from a function. And it's early days, but it's already showing really interesting progress. Um, so when I first joined seven years ago, we were very much in this traditional marketing bucket. Uh, my first week on the job, this poor soul named Emily uh, came into my office practically in tears because she tried to mail out 5,000 postcards. 5,000 postcards, 
and the printer accidentally stamped over part of the message. And so she was gonna take that home to her family and recruit people to help hand address 5,000 postcards. And I took, the, I took them and I dumped them in the trash. And I was like, we're not doing that. I don't care who's mad in sales. This is a ridiculous waste of resources. Um, we had to put everything in place at the beginning. It literally was um, you know, a bunch of mid-level managers uh, doing very tactical marketing, no support, no marketing infrastructure, no data, no content. So all of that was put in place. So my commitment to our CEO was to transform marketing from a cost center to a profit center within my first 18 months. And as part of that, we had to put in place everything. So the personas, the marketing automation infrastructure, the data, uh, sales stakeholder management, getting people to understand what the difference between a sponsored ad and an organic search ad is. Like we were at ground zero. Uh, when I first started talking about thought leadership and content needs that are, you know, that support the top end of the funnel, we were talking about some sort of trend in the market. I forget what it was. Um, but the woman, one of the LOBs said to me, well, Christine, we don't do exactly that. We don't do exactly that thing that we're talking about. What happens if somebody picks up the phone and calls us and says, well, we want to talk to you about exactly that. I'm like, they've picked up the phone. That, like, that's, that's, that's the win right there. So it's been a, a, a journey in education, and it's been an incredible journey. So over the past seven years, I'd say we've gone from where we're at in this traditional sort of scope of what you think of as marketing 10 years ago, and we got here. And this was really an amazing effort and nothing to, to, nothing except pride in that moment, right? To be able to measure ROI, to be able to see that we're driving 90 plus percent of direct source pipeline for some of our lines of businesses. Um, to be able to see that we're contributing 50, 56% plus of new bookings. Um, this was an amazing journey and it was fantastic to get here. And again, really, really proud of all of that momentum, but what happens when you get there and you're stuck and you're still not seeing the growth of the business that you, you'd hope to achieve? Again, everything up and to the right. So the whole concept of revenue operations is to really bridge the gap between the three legs of the stool. Oh, let me go back, one, one point on that. Um, sales, marketing, and product. Um, the way we think of revenue operations at bottom line, that is it in its most simplistic format, the alignment between sales, marketing, and product. But there's so much more that goes into that. It's the supporting processes, it's the underlying data, it's the insights and the analytics, it's making better decision making, better decision making based on that data throughout the sales process. It's also, and this is really important, it's facilitating sales and enabling sales. Not sales enablement in the traditional sense of Here's your, here's your PowerPoint deck, here's your toolkit, here's your data sheet, good luck, buddy. It's truly understanding the dynamics that are happening in the sales cycle, in the buyer's journey, and making the company a fantastic place for buyers to buy and sellers to sell. It's a completely different dynamic than what we traditionally think of as sales enablement from a marketing perspective. So that's kind of what we set out to do. I mentioned complexity before, um, and the, the complexity that I'll point out lives right here. So those little colors there. So within each of those colors, if you wanna think about, well, Christine, if you have all this measurement up to the point of a sales accepted opportunity, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to take it to the last mile? Um, the reason it's so hard is each of those colors represents a distinct sales team. 
each of those, or several sales teams actually, they represent a line of business. Within the line of business, there could be several sales teams beneath that. In each sales team, there's a different sales methodology. They might be all on salesforce.com, they're following a different sales methodology, different definitions of pipeline, uh, different methods of quota allocation, uh, different ways of managing data, different reporting that they're looking at. There is zero consistency in any of those colors across the board with regards to how we manage sales in our business. And because of that, how can you possibly get reporting and insights and analytics at a global level? You can't, it's impossible. And so one of the reasons, and I mentioned this earlier, that revenue operations is so critical, particularly at a larger, more complex organization, is because if you truly want to be able to optimize the customer buying experience from the first click to close to the entire journey of that customer and their success, you have to be able to understand this. You have to be able to understand what levers you have to pull and how to optimize that last leg, that, that second part of the, the process from sales accepted all the way to close. So in, our, in its most simplistic form, revenue operations, alignment between product sales and marketing, but why does that matter? When you think about all of the different aspects of go-to-market, and again, this is a really simplistic view, so much of, of the go-to-market dynamic is completely out of our control. Market changing, market changes and market forces. Um, we're in the B2B payment space, it's a really hot space, and the market is changing at an insanely rapid pace. Um, we can't control that, we can't slow those market forces down, that's out of our control. Competitiveness, out of our control. I can't direct our investment in product, and even if I could, there's a long tail on that. I have very little insight into what the competitors are doing other than how they're positioning and facing us in the market. I don't know what strategies they're deploying and how they're gonna leapfrog us. So competitiveness is largely out of our control. Efficiency, somewhat out of our control. Um, again, not controlling the entire P&L from product investment all the way to sale. Profitability, not something we really have control over in sales and marketing, and yet it's so core and matters to the business. But the one thing that we have control over across the three legs of the stool is alignment, and that is huge. So what does alignment look like? <clears throat> we kind of define it along this spectrum. First off, it's interlocking processes. So having clear, well-established processes across the entire life cycle of the customer and the entire buyer's journey. Having consistent terminology, talking about pipeline, having consistent KPIs, consistent metrics that we're all looking at and managing across the business. It is SLAs. So what commitments are we making to each other? Um, this one's really key. And you know, typically the handoff, if you will, between marketing and sales is around a sales accepted lead or a sales accepted opportunity. This needs to go deeper than that. If our responsibility as marketers ends at sales accepted opportunity, then we're not really driving revenue at a strategic level. We're still hanging back at that tactical demand gen phase. And I don't think that's where any of us wanna be. And that's why you guys are here, right? Because we want to have ownership and accountability of the revenue life cycle. And we should as marketers, and we can as marketers. Understanding the entire waterfall and the customer lifetime value, this edges back toward that whole point around profitability. But if we can truly understand exactly what our customers' buy, buying behaviors are from the first 
put into Google search box all the way through to the sales accepted opportunity to their process of the competitive research, how they're evaluating us in the market, where are they consuming content, and then modeling that out from a um, mathematical waterfall perspective, that gives us the first step toward a predictable, predictable revenue model, um, which is ultimately what it is we're shooting for. So the goal of revenue operations at bottom line, the ambition is to create a transparent, scalable revenue operations model that is predictable. Predictability is huge. <clears throat> um, if any of you do any reading in the revenue operations space, one of the latest trends is around how companies that have predictable, repeatable revenue streams that are transparent and companies that invest in revenue operations have a higher valuation than companies that don't. That's a really powerful thing. That's a board level message. That's a CEO level message. That is elevating marketing. <clears throat> uh, in, in the words of Debbie Gagish from the Pedowitz Group, she's my spirit an animal. She's not here this week. Um, but in the words of Debbie Gagish from the Pedowitz Group, that's taking marketing from the back room and marketing ops from the back room to the boardroom. And that's huge. <clears throat> so how are we going to do that? We're kind of focusing on four key areas. The first is alignment on plans. Um, when I first joined Bottom Line, I had a meeting with a product manager and I said, well, who is your buyer for this? What is your total addressable market? And he said, well, every corporate in the UK. Really, every single corporation in the UK is going to buy this. I'm like, get Elon Musk and Bezos on the phone because we have hit on something huge. Um, needless to say, he's no longer with the company, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but what is our total addressable market? But not only addressable, what's accessible? Even if that market is addressable, how much can we actually prosecute based on the competitive nature of the market based on our unique product set, its differentiators. Let's get real, stop drinking our own Kool-Aid and get absolutely very specific on what we're selling to whom and why. And then let's lock in on that and execute on that. Let's not pretend all things are equal. Let's call a spade a spade. I love your product, buddy. It's gorgeous. You're not selling Jack this year, so we're not marketing it. Come back to us next year when you have a bigger revenue target. Um, measurement, cannot stress this enough. Inspect what you're expecting. And if you're not looking at measurements and dashboards around the life cycle of the sales funnel, then you are missing the opportunity for optimization and improvement. Systems and processes. We should have at least some level of a standard and consistent methodology across the sales teams. We cannot possibly succeed as a global company and optimize our revenue cycle if we can't do that. Notice I said standard-ish, uh, because the minute anyone says standard bottom line, there's like an allergic reaction, because you don't understand my sales cycle, mine's so different, yada, yada, yada. It's the same damn thing. Like there's a reason every software company in the world follows the same freaking sales methodology, because we're not that special. Um, nonetheless, this has been sanitized for um, more sensitive audiences. Uh, so, but having that level of some sort of standardized, consistent processes, consistent terminology, consistent measurement of win-loss, so important. Um, we're going through our annual planning process this year, just right now. And um, I was working with our line of business leader in our banking group, and uh, according to one report, our win rate is between four and 6%. According to another report, our win rate is 
that's a big swing in difference right there. So how you define, how you define win loss, how you measure these things is just so critically important. It can't be, can't be understated. And then enablement and training. So I firmly believe that there's an opportunity to do sales better, to be different. You know, so much in the way we approach marketing and B2B has advanced over the past 10 years in ways that I never could have imagined. But we are still showing up to sell the same way. PowerPoint is like their binky. They can't get off of it. My mission in life is to transform the way we at Bottomline sell and make Bottomline a great place for sellers to sell. Make it a differentiator for us in the buying cycle by creating a new and engaging way of interacting with our prospects and our customers. So getting down to defining revenue operations, this is how we're defining it at Bottomline. It's a stake in the ground. Um, I would you know, welcome any feedback after the, after the session to hear what you guys think about how we're defining it or how might you, you might be defining it differently. Um, but we're looking at it across three pillars. It's alignment, enablement, and acceleration. Alignment is the first one. If we are not on the same page with what we're selling to whom and why, nothing else matters. You could have the absolute best marketing in the world, but if the product isn't aligned to that go-to-market, we're gonna fail. You could have the best sales team in the world, but if the product, the product isn't competitive, we're gonna fail. You could have the best product in the world, but if we're not communicating the value right or we're missing their target personas or we're not sharp on our ICP, we're gonna fail. Those three legs of the stool have to be in lockstep. In the minute we feel it drifting, we have to throw our bodies on it and regroup and make sure that we, we lock that up again because that is absolutely fundamental to the success. Enablement, I talked about. Um, sales enablement in so many companies is just noise. You know, how many data sheets does your company produce that never get used? How many sales decks does marketing produce that never see the light of day? Or worse, when they see the light of day, they look nothing like what marketing produced, and you're left wondering, where did that come from? Um, it, it's just, it's, it's so, it's noise. It's noise. It's just a distraction. It's a drain on resources. It's in our power in revenue operations and enablement to change that, to think differently about how we enable our sales team and stand them up. Pam mentioned this before. Stand them up as thought leaders. Stand them up as trusted advisors. Arm them to not just go pitch a product, but to create a long-term lasting impression with that customer, that prospect. Our CEO has an expression that every, uh, every interaction leaves an impression. Think about that. It's so true. And so why are we wasting so many precious interactions with such crappy enablement materials. And then acceleration, tech, tools, processes, speed, efficiency, growth, full stop. Um, we've seen it in how we operate marketing. We're gonna see it in how we operate sales. So these are kind of the core responsibilities of how we're defining revenue operations at marketing, uh, at bottom line. Um, again, cross-functional alignment, I'll stop beating that dead horse. Um, resource and performance planning is big. So what is the time to productivity for new reps coming on board? If we put a rep on a performance plan because they miss a quota, at what point is there a diminishing return? At what point is it better to hang on to them for two quarters versus letting them go because we're gonna have to ramp, there's a cost of hiring, et cetera. Um, it's a whole new strategic approach to sales resource planning um, that is a new New capability for bottom line, certainly, and it's not one that I've seen at previous companies done well. Process optimization and innovation is really straightforward. That's the tools, the tech, and the processes for scale, speed, and efficiency. Underneath that is 
the management of the tech stack, the management of the data. Um, I've never worked in any company anywhere ever, nor have I ever heard of any company anywhere that says, oh my God, we have the best data. It is so clean, my job is a breeze. So just getting the basics right, of, do we have the right data? Do we have it structured in the right way? Are we giving the sales leaders the insights and the information they need to do their job effectively is huge. So that's a huge, huge remit. That's a big, big, scary remit. But I think to break it down and simplify how you get started, it kind of comes down to this. What is going on in my business? That covers a lot. But you can approach this from a lot of different ways and just starting with what are the questions that we want to answer about our business to make better business decisions? And then based on that, what are the insights and analytics we need to support those business decisions? Based on those insights, insights and analytics, what are the actions I need to take to advance and accelerate my business? And then step four, how do we optimize? If you just picked any one of those many, many complex lines around marketing operations and apply this simple framework, you can start to move the needle pretty quickly. This is the way that we have decided to uh, approach revenue operations and, and how we align across the three pillars of alignment, enablement, and acceleration. Um, again, we're looking to make progress quickly, um, but in a way that's going to scale and serve us for the long term. So at bottom line, our phase one, alignment, 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 is all around getting to a standard methodology in salesforce.com, standard terminology, what is a customer, what is a former customer, what does win-loss mean, what does a win rate, win rate mean. Um, all of these sound so simple, but yet when you think about that win rate example of somewhere between four and six or 59%, you realize how that could really lead you down a hole if you don't get it right. Uh, the second phase that we're gonna be focus on, focusing on is enablement and really looking at how we empower the sales team to create a much more rich and robust uh, experience for the customer. And the third is really around acceleration. And these are a lot of the topics that are covered here today, account-based marketing, cross-selling, um, aligning content to deeper stages in the buy cycle. That was the session that we just had before this one. Um, and then getting to a predictive revenue model. My dream in all of this is to be able to go to the CFO and say, Bruce, if you give me a million dollars today, I'm gonna return 15 in 18 months. That is my dream. And here's how I'm gonna do it. And here are the levers that we have to pull. And over the course of the next 18 months, I'm gonna look at all those levers and optimize all the time in a very data-driven fashion. That would be like my utopia. So practically, uh, and this is the last slide, um, practically this is what this looks like. So um, getting down to just brass tacks, it's getting complete alignment around the dimensions of sales planning and complete alignment around the dimensions of marketing planning. Starting with what are we selling to whom and why? How is that manifesting in a sales, uh, into a sales plan for the year? Um, and then ultimately measuring and optimizing that through our systems and uh, data and analytics and insights. So that's where we're going with revenue operations as the next frontier of B2B marketing. Thank you. Christine, thank you so much for the insightful presentation and, and thank you all for joining us today. 
Um, we do have a few last minute items to go over. Just a reminder to visit the marketplace if you haven't done that today. There's so many fantastic MarTech players there to offer guidance and take advantage of that. It's an opportunity to sit down face to face with someone and chat about what your burning questions are. Um, don't forget you can also recharge. There are recharging stations, there's coffee. Um, and finally, take those surveys and the mobile app. It really is important to um, the demand gen team here to understand what's important to you and how they can provide more relevant content. And last but not least, um, the room is going to change over so everyone can be available for the um, final keynote with um, marketing profs Nick Westergaard at, it's, I believe it's going to be 4.40 now today. Okay, thank you so much. All right, folks. That was Christine Nurnberger, award-winning revenue marketer at Bottomline Technologies. And now you know why companies with revenue operations alignment perform better with 19% higher growth rates and or 15% greater profitability. That stat from um, Serious Decisions is a killer one. And, and honestly, Christine just, just laid it all out on the line there, right? So now it's time to act on it. With that said, uh, that is a wrap on our episode today. Final plug, B2B MX is coming back to Scottsdale, baby, this February. We're in person. It's a big event. It's a safe event. And I promise, promise you that we're 100% vaccinated in Scottsdale for B2B MX this year. So honestly, if you can make it out, I highly, highly encourage you to check out the website. I'm going to toss the link into the show notes. Our agenda is constantly being updated. We've got killer, killer keynotes from Marcus Sheridan. We've got Jay Bear. I'm so excited. For, like I've seen these people speak at so many amazing events and now they're, they're speaking at our event. So I'm so excited. So yeah, check out the website and hopefully you could join us. Um, and of course, you know, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. We're available on all of your podcast players. Um, and of course, catch me on Twitter and LinkedIn. Share whatever feedback you've got. And let me know if you want, you know, to hear from somebody specific on the podcast. We'll be, we'll be doing a, a few unique interviews this season. So I'd love to, you know, talk with the people you want to hear from most. So again, thank you again for joining me on the B2BMX podcast today. I will catch you next week. Bye.